Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new episode here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Tuesdays, we head to school with Our Miss Brooks. This episode originally aired on November 8th, 1953, and this episode is listed as incomplete on the Radio Gold Index, and you will see why. There's a kind of a large portion of this episode that you can barely hear. Actually, there's a section that's not even there at all. And uh, but you'll get the gist of of the episode. So here is convict. It's taken our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, quite a few years to learn how to get along with her principal, Osgood Conklin. But lately, even in his more difficult moods, he's found ways of getting around him. Yes, and one of the best ways is up the fire escape on the other side of the building. <laughs> the route I took to class most of last week, when our beloved principal was on one of his infamous economy drives. This newest campaign was particularly ill-timed, since Mr. Boynton badly needed new equipment for his laboratory, and since I badly needed Mr. Boynton a new desk (laughs) I was pretty depressed. For three days, my landlady saw the gloom gathering, and Thursday morning at breakfast, she tried to dispel it. Connie, don't you want to let me hear about your problem? I'd love to, Mrs. Davis, but it's really nothing you can help me with. Well, all right, dear. If you don't choose to discuss it, I certainly won't cry. Thanks, Mrs. Davis. I think I'd better keep this to myself. Just as you say. But I know that for me, I'd want to tell someone about Mr. Conklin's economy drive and how it's going to affect Mr. Boynton getting his new laboratory equipment and you getting new desks in your classroom. <laughs> As I say, I think I'd better keep this to yourself. find out about it. Well, dear, when I went in to awaken you this morning, you were talking about it in your sleep. How did I sound? Clear as a bell. <laughs> Good, I'm glad 
glad I didn't confuse you by mumbling. <laughs> Mr. Conklin's newest economy drive is designed to convince the state examiner that he can splash our school budget when he visits Madison today. Well, there's no point in worrying about it this minute, is there? Dear, dear, why not read the comics? It'll take your mind off things for a while. No, thanks, Mrs. Davis. I have enough tragedy in my own life. <laughs> well, you don't mind if I glance at the news on the front page, dear? No, indeed. That'll give me a perfect chance to look at the want ads on the back page. Same <laughs> <laughs> mm. old thing. War, crime, and... Oh, crime. It's him. It's this picture right here on the front page. Connie, he's out, he's out. William Dobson is out. I had no idea he was in. Who's <laughs> William Dobson? Oh, that's right, you wouldn't know. It happened before you came here. Well, if William Dobson was a crook, a housebreaker, and Mr. Conklin was involved in the case. Mr. Conklin? Yes. You see, this man Dobson was convicted of armed robbery and was sent into prison for 10 years. I see. And they made Mr. Conklin principal of Madison High. <laughs> Mr. Conklin was foreman of the jury which convicted Dobson. The jury was split 11 to 1 for releasing him. But gradually, Mr. Conklin convinced them all of his point of view. It sounds like the jury was made up of his faculty. <laughs> but why get so excited, Mrs. Davis? Well, Dobson claimed he was innocent. And when he heard what had happened, he swore as soon as he got out, he'd find Mr. Conklin and Terry. And he got out yesterday. Yeah. The story says he was paroled yesterday. Well, he'll have to hurry if he wants to do us any good. <laughs> laughing matter. Look at this picture of Mr. Dobson. Look at that thick black hair and those eyebrows, that menacing scowl, that long scar down the side of his face. Does this look like the face of a man who wouldn't use a gun? This looks like the face of a man who wouldn't have to use a gun. <laughs> This happened many years ago. Dodson's certainly forgotten about his threat by now, anyway. Well, that's probably Walter to drive you to school. Come on in, Walter. I'd better go out and get the boys some breakfast. Greetings, Miss Brooks, on this one of the blackest days in Madison's annals. <laughs> What's the matter, Walter? Our football team has had to suspend practice. Why, Walter? No coach? No football. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better reason if I tried all winter. Certainly, Mr. Conklin's economy drive hasn't been carried that far. Oh, farther. Harriet tells me the only reason Mr. Conklin's doing it is so the state examiner can see that Madison can operate on a reduced budget while he's here today. What would happen to the budget if Mr. Conklin never saw the examiner? I suppose it would remain the same. Oh, something's got to be done. Why, things have gotten so bad, even the school custodian quit yesterday. The school custodian? Yeah, Mr. Conklin cut his salary from $50 a week to 35 plus all the coal he could carry home. How was he going to get any man to work for 35 bucks unless the fellow's desperate? Or been out of work for years? Or just out of prison? Huh? 
I think I've got a little idea that will answer our purpose just as well as an accident. It merely involves frightening our principal a bit. You mean turn him out of his wits at first? No, Walter. Just out of school for a day or two. <laughs> can you carry your economy program? Watch me. <laughs> I done solely for the benefit of my school. But this year's budget provides... Harriet, this year's budget is subject to revision as soon as Mr. Monaghan arrives this afternoon. However, right now, I have the more pressing problem of replacing our school custodian. Well, that's part of what I'm saying, Daddy. Well, the idea of offering a man $35 and all the coal he can carry home. Where are you going to get a man for that? Well, you may have a point there, child. Perhaps my offer is a bit low. Well, of course it is. Well, if I get a really good man, I'll make it all the coal both he and his wife can carry home. <laughs> I were a betting man. <laughs> <laughs> I just Come in. Good morning, Mr. Duncan. Morning, Harriet. Oh, hi, Miss Brooks. Harriet was just on her way out, Miss Brooks. Oh, but Daddy, Ms. I... Miss Brooks, will you kindly say Harriet just left? Harriet just left? Thank you. <laughs> Now, Harriet, you wouldn't want to make a liar out of Miss Brooks. <laughs> oh, all right. Bye, Miss Brooks. Bye, Harriet. Uh, you're Matthew Jones? The inspector for the state board? That's right. <laughs> Oh, 
or is an Ottoman beast from Devil's Island? Why, Mr. Duncan? No, Mr. Duncan. I was the jury that sent him to jail for years, seven years ago. Wait a minute. He can't be out of jail yet. He can't. He can't. William Dodson, the ex-convict, of his release would be in the past. Probably right on the front page. Now, you can see it. Things that I haven't read this morning's paper yet. Well, I have it right here on my desk. Oh, let's see now. Nothing but the usual stuff. War, science, shit. Who forces him? I'd recognize that face anywhere. Thick black hair, bushy eyebrows, menacing scowl. Maybe it's John L. Lewis. William Dodson is out. He's been paroled. What am I going to do, Miss Brooks? He wants to kill me. Now help me, Miss Brooks. Please help me. Think of something. Think of anything. Well, there's one thing you could do, Miss Thompson. Get out of town. Or better still, get out of the state. Good idea, Miss Brooks. Good idea. I'll get out of the state. That's it. Dodson wouldn't dare kill you in another state. It would be a violation of his parole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll grab the first train. Well, there's no time to lose. I'll lose the one. Goodbye, Miss Brooks. I'll see you when this blows over. Well, that works even better than I thought of it. Uh, Mr. Conklin, how was your trip? What was I thinking of? I can't leave now. What about my new budget? Oh, take it with you by all means. Give me something to read on the train. No, no, no. You don't understand. Mr. Lonergan will be here at three to go over with It's his only day in town. I can't disappoint him. But you can't disappoint me either. That is, uh, what about Dodson? Well, I, I, I'll keep written most of the day, Miss Brooks. And when you see Dodson, tell him the job is filled. Tell him one false move, and he'll be back up the river. Yes, sir, but I hope he gets here before three. Why? Because after that, I'll be up to three. <laughs> well, Mr. Conklin decided he would remain in school, but in hiding, until the state examiner arrived that afternoon. He kept himself so well hidden, in fact, that none of us had the slightest idea where he was. That is, until I had occasion to go into the female faculty room to relax for a few moments. I <laughs> picked the softest, most comfortable armchair I could find and flopped into it. <laughs> Get off me, this <laughs> Well, by noon, when I went down to pick up Mr. Boynton for lunch, I was a bit more wary. When I entered his laboratory, however, I was due for one more shot. Mr. Boynton's face looked as if he was made up for N-Man on the minstrel show. Of course, he had a ready explanation. I ran into Mr. Conklin, Miss Brooks. Where? Inside the furnace? <laughs> he gave me the task of sending the furnace when I ran into him in the infirmary. The infirmary? Yes, he signaled to me from under the bed. <laughs> I know what he was doing under there. Well, those springs have needed counting for weeks. <laughs> it's just another hiding place of his, Mr. Interlocutor. Uh, Mr. Boynton. Really? I thought Walter was exaggerating when he told me how you frightened him this morning. 
Imagine Mr. Conklin worrying about one insignificant paroled prisoner. Particularly when he's got so many unparoled ones on his own faculty. <laughs> but unfortunately, he wasn't frightened enough to leave school. Well, the scheme almost worked, Miss Brooks. But I can't understand any man being so frightened of anyone else. I can frankly say I fear no man. I know. You concentrate on women. <laughs> use my mirror and wipe the soot off your face, Mr. Boynton. Oh, yes. Thanks, Miss Brooks. Hey, will you look at me? I really do look like an end man in a minstrel show. All I need is some lipstick around my mouth and the disguise will be complete. If that's an offer, I accept. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Now, if you're through, Mr. Boynton, we'd better be on our way to lunch. Well, if you don't mind, Miss Brooks, I'd like to clean out my rabbit cage before I go. Better look inside first. Mr. Conklin may be hiding in there. <laughs> Doc, in his frame of mind, there must be some way of frightening him out of school before three. I don't see how, Miss Brooks, unless William Dodson actually did appear. And that sort of thing simply doesn't happen. Except to Gary Cooper. Well, forget about the rabbit cage and let's go to lunch. All right. After you, Miss Brooks. Excuse me. Yes? I'm looking for a guy named Oscar Conklin. I tried in his office, but they didn't know where he was. Would either of you know? Why, yes. If you take a right at the first ash can, then a left at the next infirmary bed, then go straight ahead, you may find him in one of the drain pipes. <laughs> huh? uh, we don't know where he is either. No, we haven't decided that. But pardon me, but you look awfully familiar. Haven't I seen your face somewhere before? It's possible, uh, if you looked over this morning's paper. Oh, I looked over it, but you're definitely not Mrs. Davis. However, <laughs> 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 I'm sure I... The morning paper? Of course. You're William Dodson. That's right. William Dodson. Oh, don't shoot. Please don't shoot. I'll do anything you say, only please don't shoot. Read your publicity. Shoot Mr. Conklin. Conklin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You got me all wrong. Why, I haven't even got a gun. No gun? What are you going to do? Poison him? Strangle him? Stab him with a knife? Don't make it anything too messy. He cut the cleaning woman's salary, and we wouldn't want to lose her, too. <laughs> what method do you intend to use? Strangling? Poisoning? Hmm? Hmm? What method? <laughs> The only reason I'm here is to thank Mr. Conklin. Now, that's a method I would never have thought of. <laughs> thank him? You're here to thank him? But he's the man who convinced the whole jury that you were guilty. I know. And I'll be grateful to him as long as I live. If I wasn't so fascinated, I'd think. <laughs> How could you possibly be grateful to him for sending you to jail? Oh, lady, you don't know what's like. For the first time, I was living a good, clean life. Good food, plenty of exercise. I had absolutely no worries. My hours were regular, my time my own. I got loads of rest. <laughs> Mr. Boynton, you know any good banks we could stick up? <laughs> but in spite of all that, you were in prison. Yes, and it was Mr. Conklin who put you there. And you did threaten to shoot him when you got out. Lady, that was when I was still a crook with no education. Well, you know, I even 
went to high school while I was in prison. I knew it. That ruins most people. <laughs> you certainly got a lot more out of it than most people. Uh, well, if you're so determined to thank you, Mr. Dodson, uh, could you please put it off until tomorrow? That's it. Threaten him today and thank him tomorrow. <laughs> look, look, I, I don't even know what you two are talking about, but I've been waiting seven long years to thank Mr. Conklin, and today's the day I'm going to do it, just as soon as I can find him. Then find him you will, Mr. Dodson, and I know Mr. Boynton will be delighted to help you. I will? Yes, I just recalled Mr. Conklin saying he was going down to the boiler room to speak to the new school custodian. You know, Mr. Boynton, the room with the big heavy door with the big lock. Oh, yes, the boiler room. Uh, come on, Mr. Dodson, I'll take you down there. Well, thanks, but I won't be putting you out, will I? Oh, I don't mind putting myself out a little. No, indeed, particularly when it's more important to put someone else in. <laughs> With the state examiner due any minute and Dodson locked in the locker room, it's the only chance we've got, Walter. Yeah, but if this doesn't get Mr. Conklin out of school, what are we going to do, Miss Brooke? I may consider blasting. <laughs> to do the trick, particularly if Mrs. Davis and Mr. Boynton come through as hoped for. Oh, I'm sure they will. Well, here we are. Now, are you certain the invisible man, uh, Mr. Conklin, is in his office? <laughs> oh, I can't be positive, Miss Brooks. But five minutes ago, I did see someone sneak in in Miss Enright's coat and hat. That's Mr. Conklin. <laughs> I could have sworn he was in there. Oh, he's in there. It's just difficult to hear anything from under the desk. (laughs) Okay, good luck, Miss Brooks. Mr. Conklin. Mr. Conklin. Oh, oh, it's you, Miss Brooks. Goodness, I almost wrenched my back leaping under the desk. (laughs) The moment I thought it was you-know-who. Well, that's what I came in to see you about, sir. You-know-who. Dodson is coming. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> I finally spoke to him on the phone not two minutes ago. I told him he was fired, but he didn't take it at all well. What do you mean? He said he'd be right over to kill you. You better yeah. leave at once, sir. Oh, I want to, Miss Brooks, but Mr. Lonergan will be here in a minute, and he expects to see me. Carlton, Carlton, forgive me for breaking in like this, sir, but get out as quick as you can. Flee for your life. He's in the building. He's in the building? Who's in the building? Hmm, that's who. Uh, it's Dodson, Mr. Carlton. Yes, sir. Get out while you still can. It was all I could do to get here ahead of him to warn you. But, but Miss Brooks only spoke to him on the phone two minutes ago, Boynton. He was probably calling from the corner drugstore. You'd better get out at once, sir. Oh, yes, 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 at once. You, you didn't tell him the truth about where I was, did you, Boynton? Oh, I had to, sir. He forced me to at the point of a gun, Mr. Conklin. At the point of a gun. Then it's true he's got a gun. If he's headed this way, I can't get out in time. Quick, lock the door. Never mind, never mind. I'll do it, I'll do it. Here. Here. At least that ought to hold it for a little while. All right, Conklin, you laugh. <laughs> Seven long years for this. Open up. I've got six bullets. And they've all got your name on them. <laughs> Don't worry, sir. These three are bound to miss. It's the law of averages. Thank you, Mr. Dodson. Thank you, Mr. 
That idiot Denton's always begging for something. Dave! Dave, boy! Dave! Dave! Oh, get away from me, kid. This is where Conklin gets it. Where's Conklin? If you won't open up, I'll get a fire axe and break the door down. And do. He's going to get an axe and break the door down. This I got to see. Now you're finished. My turn? While he's away, you can escape through your inner office. Oh, yes, yes. I never thought of that. Through my inner office. I'll leave it once. Yes. yes. Well, hello, Mr. Conklin. Remember me, William Dotson? Oh, no. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't time now to renew old acquaintances. <laughs> There's a maniac on the loose outside, and he's a... William Conklin, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm not here to kill you. Not, not here to kill me? But you were threatening me a minute ago outside the door. I don't understand. Oh, I do, sir. This man is obviously an imposter. You can still escape if Mr. you go... Mr. Conklin, hurting you is the furthest thing from my mind. Why, while I was in jail, I became a completely honest man. But seven years ago, you swore you'd kill me when you got out. Yes, and if you're so honest, the only thing you can do is to keep your word. <laughs> I came by today was to thank you. You came by to thank me? Sir, you're not going to believe that after what you just heard outside the door. Uh, Mr. Conklin, I'll always be grateful to you for giving me the seven best years of my life. But when I told these people I wanted to thank you, they locked me in the boiler room. What? Oh, oh, we had to, sir. How did we know what he'd do after he thanked you? After all, you heard him threaten you. How do you know what he'll do next? Look, there's still time to escape, sir. All right, Conklin. <laughs> I'll give you three to open up, and then I'll break the door down. Indeed, there's still time for Mr. Boynton and me to escape. Come on, Mr. Boynton. Just a moment, Miss <laughs> Now, who would that be? Lady Dodson has a twin brother, sir. Well, suppose we open the door and find out who it is, shall we? I just as soon remain in the dark if it's all the same to you. <laughs> well, hello, Margaret. Don't play with me, you punk. <laughs> I'm sure he recognizes you. I tell so. I had a feeling this handkerchief over my face wouldn't do much good. Not only do I recognize you, Margaret, but I finally recognize Miss Machiavelli's little scheme. You thought you'd frighten me off the premises before Mr. Lonigan arrived, didn't you, Miss Brooks? My, what will the members of my faculty think of next? This is your faculty? <laughs> Boy, am I glad I took my high school courses by correspondence. You have a thing on me. I wish I'd taught that way. <laughs> Mr. Conklin, I know all this looks bad, but we had to do something. 
Wouldn't we have done after you presented your revised budget to Mr. Lonergan? You would have done extremely well, Boyden, since I had revised it appreciably upward. Upward? 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 So you can close your collective mouth now. <laughs> My emergency program was designed to convince Mr. Lonergan that no school could exist on our current expenditures. The revised budget is right over here on the desk. Anybody care to see it before I make one more revision? One more revision? Uh, yes, Miss Briggs. <laughs> Now, if you'll excuse me, sir, I, too, have one revision to make around here. Miss Brooks, why did you break that window pane? Since the window was locked, it was the only way I could jump out. Our Miss Brooks, our Eve-Argy's Side is produced and directed by Larry Byrne. Written by Joe Keller, with a musical overhead. Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Bob Rockwell, Gloria McMillan, and Mary Jane Cross. This is Wendell Niles inviting you to be with us again next Sunday at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. This is the CBS Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Now, that guy seemed to really enjoy the seven years he had in jail. I mean, he had shelter and food, a routine, exercise. But I don't know about you, but uh, I kind of like my freedom. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we join Detective Danny Clover and Broadway is my beat. And join us again next Tuesday for a new episode of Our Miss Brooks. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.